Welcome to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. Shep will talk with some of the smartest thinkers in business to help make you more successful in your professional and personal life. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. Hello, everyone. Shep Hyken here on Amazing Business Radio, back with another episode. Very excited about today's episode because in just a few minutes, we're going to be talking with Roy Atkinson, who I know from the uh, Twitter tweet chat on customer service. We're going to learn a lot more about Roy and what he does. He is uh, primarily in the what you would call the IT department for a company, an organization called HDI. Um, he focuses a lot on helping internal customers, not so much outside customers, although he does have some contact with some outside customers, but he is one smart dude. So I thought uh, to kick things off today, I'd talk a little bit about internal customers and uh, what the concept of the internal customer is. Now, I firmly believe that everybody, and I think most people here would believe who are listening, everybody uh, has a customer. Even if you don't deal directly with the outside customer, you're supporting somebody inside the organization who may be dealing with an outside customer. And if you don't give them what they want, how can they possibly do what they need to do easily for the customer? Or perhaps you're just dealing with somebody in another department or perhaps even the next desk over and they need you for a special report that you'll prepare or some uh, task that they need you to do uh, that would make their life easier for you. And you know what? When you work with somebody and you are a team, you're expected to be a part of that team, and you are to deliver to them as well as, if not even better, than you might do for the outside customer. Uh, you've heard me say it before on the show, what's happening on the inside of an organization is felt on the outside by the customer. So we practice all of the great customer service techniques and ideas that we've learned to deal with outside customers internally, and we create a total culture of customer service. So here's a question for you. What if your internal customers had a choice about doing business with you? Now, most of the time, they really don't have a choice of who they get to do business with you. So um, it, it, it's it's you know kind of a, a rhetorical question of sorts, but it's so it's not realistic. But customers outside do have a choice with who they do business with. So why not internal customers? Uh, so I actually worked with a company, Anheuser Busch, years ago, that had an internal advertising and PR agency. It was part of their creative services division. And guess what? Creative services would actually bid on a project for their internal customer. And that internal customer, maybe it was somebody in the marketing department looking for PR to do a project, they would actually go to an outside company and have an outsider bid on the job as well. And based on the value that they felt that they were going to get and the money that they felt that they were going to spend, because either way it was going to cost, whether they did it internally or externally, because there has to be a budget for all of this, they decided who they were going to do business with. And it was the goal of the internal creative services group to try to do the best job they could to not only get the business, but keep the business so that the internal customer would always come back to them and had confidence in them and trusted them and wanted to do business with them. So keep that in mind. Everybody has a customer. And internally, if your 
customers, your internal customers, the people that you work with internally, your colleagues, your fellow employees who depend upon you for anything else, if they had a choice to do business with someone else, would they do business with someone else or would they want to stay and do business with you? If the answer is the latter, doing business with you, you know you're doing a great job in delivering an amazing customer experience to your internal customers. All right, we're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we're going to talk with a guru, Roy Atkinson, my friend, and you're just going to love this guy's wisdom. He has so much knowledge, and uh, we're going to try and keep it from being too technical, but you know what? I want him to get a little technical because there's so many cool things that are going on in the world today in the customer experience and customer service industry. We'll be right back. This is Shep Hyken on Amazing Business Radio. If you like what you're hearing on Amazing Business Radio, and I know you do, then you can get much more of this information. All you have to do is go to my website, hyken.com. That's www.hyken.com. Fill out the subscribe to the shepherd letter form, and each week you will get an article that contains a business tip, stories, much more, all about customer service and experience delivered straight to your inbox. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to always be amazing. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. We're back on Amazing Business Radio. I promised you another great interview, and we are not going to let you down today because Roy Atkinson is our man today. Roy is HDI's senior writer, analyst, acting as the in-house subject matter expert and chief writer for all the blogs and articles. HDI is all about delivering great customer service, but here's what's interesting. It's in the IT world, which means a lot of the customers aren't outside customers, but internal customers. So we're going to have a big focus today on internal customer service. Now, Roy and I first met because he is the co-host of the popular customer service tweet chat, which is actually hashtag CustServe, C-U-S-T-S-E-R-V, and that is a tweet chat on, of course, Twitter. It's every Tuesday night at 9 o'clock Eastern, 8 o'clock Central, um, which would make it 6 o'clock on the West Coast, and I guess in the mountain time, that would make it uh, 7. So if anybody's into customer service and you want to hear all these experts come together, this is the place to do it. Uh, the tweet chat is is one of the top tweet chats. We always trend in in the content and the hashtag CustServe. So, I mean, it, it's pretty big. So here's some other cool stuff about Roy. He is included in the 30 most influential people in customer service, according to Converse Social. And, Roy, I think you and I have that in common. We also have the next one in common, that we're the, in the top 100 customer success influencers, according to MindTouch. And we can go on and on about all the accolades for Roy Atkinson. So, Roy, welcome to Amazing Business Radio. It is a pleasure to be here, Shep. How are you doing? I'm doing great. You and I met on the tweet chat. Uh, did I do good service to the tweet chat? Anything you want to add to it? That was terrific, terrific. We've uh, we were we are coming up on an anniversary for that chat. It's one of the oldest chats on Twitter. It started with Jeff Kingman and Marsha Collier as the two folks in December of 2009, and it's been going every single Tuesday ever since then. Every Tuesday. Uh, every Tuesday since 2000, uh, December 2009. So we're coming up on an anniversary in December. Wow. And uh, it's it's great. The uh, hosts are 
of course, Marsha Collier and uh, Greg Ortbach and Al Hopper and myself, and we kind of wrangle the troops and keep things going and keep coming up with interesting topics and questions, and it's it's a really good chat. We have some great folks. Yeah, you're kind of the, the great greeter. Every time somebody comes on, it's, hey, how are you? Nice to have you. Come on back. I mean, you're like... You're like the host with the most. One tries. And, of course, that's part of customer service, right? You, right. Somebody right. walks into the front door of the hotel, you want to get a hello or you know, a greeting of some kind. You want to get eye contact and a smile. So that's what I try to do on the chat. And you do a great job. And, by the way, your Twitter handle is at Roy Atkinson, A-T-K-I-N-S-O-N, at Roy Atkinson. So let's talk a little bit about um, – Gosh, what you do and how you focus on IT technical support with HDI, but uh, that's a lot about internal customer service, and I know you have some thoughts on how internal customer service is the same or similar to dealing with outside customers. So let's start there, and let's just have a little conversation. You kick it off. Sure. Well, it's always amazed me that there are actually people in the business of support. And when I say support, I mean it's technical support or IT support who don't think it's important to to promote and deliver good customer service. That boggles my brain. Um, I think part of the thinking is that, well, we've got a captive audience. The employees have no choice but to come to us for their support. Um, you know, everything has to come through IT. And therefore, we can treat them, you know, not, not not that well, and they have to come back anyway. They're not saying that, but I think that's what they think. And so in these days of consumerization, which basically I think started with the iPhone, right? We had the BlackBerry before that, but the I, that was a corporate deal, and some people had them and some people didn't. With the iPhone, everybody wanted one from the CEO down. Everybody wanted an iPhone, and they wanted to bring them into work and get them hooked up to the business network. And that started the trend of consumerization, which is now much broader than that. It's let us bring our own devices, we'll bring our own network, we'll bring our own services, we'll bring our, you know, we'll pick our own software, we'll do what we want to do, and you guys have to kind of keep up with us. So the ability to take out a credit card and fire up a bunch of servers at Amazon has changed IT forever. Right. So that uh, makes it easier than ever. Uh, basically, IT has gone to the cloud. I just wrote an article today that, you know, we're in the digital support revolution, if you will. And you digitize customer service by traditional methods or on the phone. But today, uh, cloud support means you don't have to own software. You don't have to have servers. You can get it everywhere else. You don't have to have it on premise. And I know that's a lot of what you guys do in IT is now you have to support all these people, and they're going to call you up, and and yeah, you're the internal, you're the internal support. Are you going to respond to them just like you would an outside customer? Are they going to hold you, and is management going to hold you to standards as if you're dealing with an outside customer? That that is absolutely the case, and it it gets tricky because then you have to make a decision about. Are you going to provide what best effort support, or are you going to become the broker for service? And I've been saying for quite a few years now that the service desk and your, you know, your IT service desk should be the service broker. And uh, some companies are doing this. It's called enterprise service management. So if I have a squeaky chair, I call the service desk. If my computer's broken, I call the service desk. If I, my badge doesn't work that morning, I call the service desk. And they handle all those services, and they broker the services 
with those external providers, you know, say Amazon or, or Google or Microsoft or whoever, uh, they know who to contact and they have the contact methods to get this external support that they need to pr deliver the services to the internal customers. And so it's really important for them to have that customer service attitude because now they've got competition, right? And they have to develop relationships with those internal employees that mirrors the kind of relationships you want to develop with your external customers. Keep them happy, keep them working, and uh, get a hold of the services that they need and understand how to provide support for them. Right. I like it. I like it. All right. So I want to get into a more the more general topic of customer service with you because I, I can't say that you actually do it all at HDI, but because of your position and, and how active you are in social media, how you've been on that tweet chat for years and years, uh, it seems like, well, years and years as far as the age of Twitter, um, what do you see out there? I mean, internal customer, the, uh, customers, external customers, retail, hospitality, what are the commonalities that everybody needs to know and what are you hearing from all of these great resources on your tweet chat that you want to share with us today? I, th I think one of the most important things, and, and I know this is something that we agree on, Shep, is that no matter who you are inside an organization, you need to be paying attention to customer service mentality. You have to, you have to embrace the philosophy, as you call it, of customer service and make sure that you intend to provide the best service you can for whoever is contacting you. And those contacts are coming through a myriad of channels now. You've got, uh, you know, you've got chat applications, you've got social media, you've got, um, you know, internal social media like Yammer and Salesforce Chatter and all, all those mechanisms that are producing uh, contacts to the service desk or to customer service, whichever one. You've got to be able to handle all of those. You've got to be able to grasp what's going on, you have to grab trends, you have to look for problems, and you have to respond quickly enough to resolve the customer's problem, whether it's an external person that you want to get back to being happy with your product or service, or an internal person who basically you want to get them back to work as rapidly as possible. So that mindset has to be the same regardless of whether it's internal and external. Right, and in both cases, internal or external, uh, I think you're focused on doing something that I think is important for any type of customer, and that is you're there to get their confidence. You're there to either build their confidence, keep their confidence, or in the case of a problem, restore their confidence. Absolutely true. And uh, the confidence, I believe, leads to loyalty. I mean, uh, people don't want to be around business, they don't, uh, people they don't trust. I mean, you know the old saying, people want to be around people or do business with people they know, like, and trust, right? And the yes. trust part, I think, is so hard. And the things that you're talking about, um, whether it be an internal or external customer, uh, handling things quickly, getting people the information they want to they want to know, I think that it's it's key. So, hey, let's take a real quick break. And when we come back, I want to talk more about how social media has changed customer service. Um, we might even get into some more, more of the headier topics because I know you're a real smart dude. But maybe how uh, big data and cognitive. Uh, analytics and things like that. Uh, this is exciting uh, information that even though it's like, oh my gosh, scientific, uh, 
everybody who's listening, hang in there because there's some really cool content that you're going to want to hear. We'll be right back. This is Amazing Business Radio. We've been talking with Roy Atkinson. We're going to take a really short break. Chef Hygen here. How would you like customer service training anytime you want it or need it, day or night? Well, with Shepherd Virtual Training, you will have world-class customer service training at your fingertips online 24-7, 365 days a year. Just go to www.shepondemand.com. Once again, that's shepondemand.com. And remember, always be amazing. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. Shep Hyken here back on Amazing Business Radio talking with the guru uh, at HDI, Roy Atkinson. Roy, uh, we're going to talk about social media and how it's changing. Man, has it changed. And there are uh, there's some great ways to connect with a company now that we would have never have thought of before. What, 20 years ago, it was either show up or in person uh, show up in person or talk on the phone, right? Yes, very much so. And now there are so many different ways to contact uh, companies and, and people inside companies, and that's what's changed a lot too. If, 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 for example, I happen to know somebody at Microsoft, and I do know several people over there, I could send them a direct message on Twitter or I could tweet at them and ask them a question directly, and they guess what? They'll respond, and that's much different from going through any kind of a phone tree or waiting on hold for in a, in, a, in a service queue, whatever it happens to be. So that is one big fat change. Another big fat change is that um, people have found a very public way to vent, and that is, the, of course, the danger to your brand on social media is that when people get upset with you, there are thousands and potentially millions and millions of people are going to read about it. If you happen to hit a nerve and you wind up on the morning news um, and people start looking at the, the tweets or Facebook posts, whatever it happened to be, um, your company can wind up in a lot of trouble because of it. And some companies have gone out. Oh, I, I know. It's amazing to me. I was uh, reading uh, a tweet. Well, the article came as a result of somebody tweeting out uh, their apartment building burned down. And they had a contract with the cable TV company. So they called the cable TV company to tell them that their apartment burnt down. And within a few days, they're going to have a new apartment, a new place to live. And the customer support agent would not, I don't know, make a change to the contract because it was they hadn't fulfilled their year. And it's like the guy says, hey, I don't live there anymore. It burnt down. It's not even my fault. I can't help it. Uh, please help me. And when the customer support rep didn't help, guess what he did? He went to Twitter. He went to his friends. He went to Facebook. He said, I need help. Would somebody please, am I wrong here? And guess what? It went viral. And then not only did it get viral, I picked it up because I saw a news story. And then I clicked on a link, and it was being covered by major news stations. I mean, how crazy is that? Look at what happened. All because somebody couldn't use common sense. Yeah, it's it's absolutely, absolutely wild. Um, And I think the most surprising fact is that there are still companies out there that are so rigid and don't empower their frontline people to make simple judgments like, oh, your apartment burned down, we'll take care of it. I mean, you know, 
that's a pretty simple judgment call in my estimation. I know. But there are companies that hold these people responsible personally if they're on the front line and do something like, oh, you, you broke policy because you broke this, you know, you, they can't let them break their contract. That's, you know, it's, it's really crazy. And, and, and we know that when you do empower those frontline people, what happens is they generally make really good calls. They want to help the people out. Uh, they want to uh, provide assistance. That's why they like their jobs, the ones who do like their jobs, and there are an awful lot who do. And if you and give them the right training, they'll know. Uh, they may not know exactly how far to go, but every time they go and a manager gives them good feedback, and by the way, that's part of the great culture of a great company, is that managers and employees trust each other and, and, they, and feedback's encouraged. And when the manager says, hey, this is exactly what I want you to do, the next time they may take it a step further and find out that was okay, they're finding out where that line in the sand is that they shouldn't cross over. Absolutely. And it's a really simple thing to provide a very clear set of guidelines. You, you, you and I know, you know Ritz Carlton. Here's your credit line for the day, employees. Here's how much you can spend to make a customer happy. And if you give people that that leeway and say, don't go beyond this point without talking to your manager, but below that line, feel free to make it right. Feel free to provide something for the customer. Uh, give them a workaround. Give them a present. Give them something to make sure that they understand that the company is here to serve them and provide for whatever it is that they need to use the product or service successfully. That's really, really important because then they do walk away, and it costs many times more uh, to get a new customer than it does to maintain an old one. So pay attention. Right, and and uh, the, the Ritz-Carlton example is great. Uh, supposedly, well, it's not even supposedly. They do uh, give their housekeepers up to $2,000 to take care of a customer if a customer situation uh, warrants it. Actually, the term would be guest, not customer. Um, yes. I, I was at the Ritz-Carlton, and it wasn't like I was testing the theory out. But when uh, the story, as it unfolds, and I've talked about this on the show before, uh, you'll see that this is practiced in, in such a perfect way. So the housekeeper in the evening comes by to do turndown service. And I just checked in, and there were dirty towels on the floor from the guest that was there the night before. Everything else was perfectly clean, but there was a couple of dirty towels. And I mentioned it to the housekeeper, hey, you might want to take these away. They're not mine. And she looked like, oh, my God, she was scared. that She was worried. You could tell. She had genuine concern that I wasn't happy. I said, not a big deal. And she was so apologetic. And I went out to dinner. When I came back, uh, there was a little note on my nightstand that uh, apologized for the dirty towels and a small little box with a piece of chocolate. And I can't remember exactly what the note said, but, you know, uh, it was like it was sweet, literally, because of the chocolate. There was the word sweet in there, and, and, and she had fun with it. But the point is that piece of chocolate cost less than a dollar. It didn't cost $2,000, yet they were allowed to spend up to $2,000, even, you know, for a major problem. Well, obviously, a, a towel on the floor isn't dirty. It isn't a major problem, but it still was their opportunity to show and put into practice what they'd been taught. Do something nice for the customer, and you have permission to spend money to do it. They just spent, what, 50, 75 cents on a piece of candy. Big deal. But guess what? Impact. Here I am, like six years later, still talking about it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, it, you know, there are a lot of people who are, are of the opinion 
that it costs a lot more to provide really great customer service. And, and I'm of the opinion that it really doesn't. You're going to have to spend some money to make sure that your people are properly provisioned, trained, etc. However, I, I can tell you this story that, that backs up what you just said, Shep. A friend of mine was looking for a location for a conference in London at several hotels. Finally came down to between two hotels. They were matched facility-wise and everything they would do. The price was just about exactly the same. When she went for her final visit, one hotel gave her a cup of coffee. The other one did not. Guess which one got the contract? Well, right? I... It was a cup of coffee, and it was thousands and thousands of dollars involved. So, you know, there you go. Wow, a cup of coffee. Did did mm-hmm. she ask for it and just not get it, or was it offered as uh, they, part of the it was room? Offered, or? Was offered to her. She just, she just they they said, "Would you like a cup of coffee while we sit here and talk?" And the other hotel did not make that offer. Wow. And she said, "Okay, I know where I'm going to get the good service, and that's the hotel that they booked the, the event." Wow, all over a yeah. cup of coffee. A In, cup of coffee. Incredible. All right, I kind of gave a hint that we we're going to talk a little bit about cognitive and and predictable uh, analytics type of things, uh, big data, artificial intelligence, a lot of cool stuff happening in the world of customer service. So let's talk about cognitive systems like uh, artificial intelligence. And and first of all, tell people what's, what, what's out there right now, what, we're, what they aren't seeing that they may even think are human uh, interactions but aren't. Well, I think it, it started a few years ago when you had virtual agents on chat when you're chatting with a company over the web you know a little chat box chat now a lot of those are systems that are automated um, they're virtual they're not real people on the other side um, but now we're getting to the point where you, and you're seeing I'm sure you've seen uh, TV commercials for IBM Watson yep uh, there's a company called IPsoft that has uh, a, a, an agent a cognitive um, person like agent called Amelia um, there's Alexa from Amazon, there's Siri from Apple, there are all these interactive um, automated systems that are very, very, very smart. And they're very smart because they have access to huge amounts of data. So one of the problems that we've seen in IT, people like self-service in IT, especially younger folks like to be able to solve their own problems. They want to be able to go to, you know, where do they go? They go to YouTube, they go to Google, they go to Bing, whatever. They find the information they need to solve their own problems. But an internal knowledge base, which contains proprietary information for that company, is often difficult to search because the IT department doesn't phrase it the way customers do. They put it in IT speak, Mm. and customers can't find what they're looking for. Well, what if you could take one of these virtual agents and put it in place as kind of an assisted self-service so that you could say, you know, whatever his name, Amelia, I need to fix this on my computer. And that virtual agent had access to not only your internal knowledge, but external knowledge as well, could find the best solution and deliver it to you in less than a second. Now we're talking. And that's the kind of thing we're going to start seeing more of. So it won't just be that, that virtual interaction Uh, and then maybe transfer you off to a person if it gets too complex. It's going to be evolving into the ability to solve really complex problems over the next few years. And that's, this is where life gets interesting. You know, it's, it's going to be an amazing change, I think. It's not going to happen overnight. A lot of people think it's coming tomorrow. It's not. 
Uh, it's going to take a while to get there because uh, IT folks are pretty smart, and they uh, they can solve a lot of complex issues, but um, it's the simple repetitive stuff that's going to start being taken out of their off their plates. Right, and think of the time savings where they could devote to bigger and and, uh, more, uh, I guess, uh, problematic or more complicated uh, solutions that they could help their customers with. And I'll tell you what's really cool about this. I mean, uh, a lot of times we don't know when we're talking on the instant chat, which I believe is more instant text. We don't know we're talking to a computer or interacting with a computer. But the computers are getting so good, they're learning from customers, and they're learning, you know, like the predictability. If the customer has this problem, they're likely to have another problem, hence the concept of, of a predictive, um, I, I almost call it an assumptive, predictive assumption that uh, the computer might even say, hey, and while you're at it, uh, before we finish up here, a lot of times people with this problem will have this problem as well. Let's make sure that's not happening either. So it's actually becoming proactive, not just reactive. And I think that's where it gets truly exciting. It does. And and on top of that, you've got analytics that are now capable not only of, of ripping through text, but also ripping through recordings of phone calls, ripping through video, and being able to analyze the contents, pull out the keywords, see what the customers are saying, see what the sentiments are and how they're expressed and deliver that information back to you know, customer service or IT support or whoever's involved. And that is also transformative. Uh, the ability to be able to analyze things at that level is new and very interesting. Well, I mean, that's what they're calling voice analytics, where they yes. can, you know, take the context of just not just the words, but how they're phrased, the uh, the the cadence of a conversation, and so they know right away when they're talking or they're seeing words written, uh, you know, when the computer is recognizing voice or the written text. They know, okay, we have an upset customer, an angry customer. Uh, a, you know, maybe we need to bump them up to another tier. Lots that can happen. So we're just about out of time. And, uh, you, you know, I knew that we were going to have a deep, robust, almost technical conversation. Hey, we got the words analytics in there, but we got, we got uh, uh, analytics, we got data, we've got, uh, you know, voice recognition, all kinds of things we've talked about. Did we talk about voice recognition? Let's talk about it for a second. We, they can now recognize your voice, okay? The computer knows who you are. Without you even having to give your mother's maiden name, social security number, and the name of your firstborn child. It's, it's amazing. It is amazing. It is absolutely amazing. And, and uh, it, it's a whole different ball game out there now. We saw this revolution happen when the Internet came to be. And we're seeing it again now in a much different way with all of this kind of data analytics and, and ability to have artificial intelligence of varying levels. So what gets you most excited about all of this? What's the most exciting thing in your head right now? I, I think the most exciting thing is the, that we're going to have the ability to deliver incredible customer service in so many different ways. I was having a, an ongoing conversation, for example, with a medical center right now. The doctors want support at the elbow, they call it. They want to have somebody there all the time. Well, that's hugely expensive to do. But if you can provide them virtual assistance at the elbow and only bring the person in if they absolutely positively need it, 
you can save money and still give those doctors the ability to act quickly, fix the technology, or use the technology in appropriate ways. That's mind-boggling to me, and it's, it's really groundbreaking. Wow. And, on, and, and as we go back to the concept of customer service, as cool as all of this is, as all of this is like so like, you know, like futuristic to some of us, the phone is still there. Uh, the phone's being used less and less. Do you think the phone is ever going to go away? I, I don't think it's ever going to go away. I think that the phone will still have a place. Um, I think that, uh, well, as we know from all kinds of studies, when an issue gets complex, a customer issue of any kind, when it gets complex, they want to talk to somebody. They want to work it through. They want to get a little emotional emotional support. They want to be able to have a human in real-time synchronous contact, and the best way to do that is on the, on the phone. Exactly. All right. That was Roy Atkinson talking to us about amazing technology and advances in the world of customer service. And uh, thanks, Roy, for being on the show. This is why we call it Amazing Business Radio. This was amazing. Well, it was very great for me, and I will make a little plug if I can. Uh, We also have an HDI chat on Twitter. It's new, and it happens every Friday at 1 p.m., and I'm usually the host, but not always, and would love to have any tech folks out there join us on Friday afternoons at 1 o'clock Eastern. And what's the hashtag, or how do we find it? Just It's, H- it's hashtag HDI chat. That's Harry David Institute. That's <laughs> easy enough. HDI chat. All right, Roy, thanks a million for being on the show. This is Chef Hyken reminding everybody, until we get back, always be amazing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.